Section 115 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 146 Greenwich, June 10, Old Style, 1751 My dear friend, Your ladies were so slow in giving their specific orders, that the mohairs, of which you at last sent me the patterns, were all sold. However, to prevent further delays, for ladies are apt to be very impatient when they at last know their minds, I have taken the quantity desired of three mohairs which come nearest to the description you sent me some time ago, in Madame Montconcile's own hand, and I will send them to Calais by the first opportunity. In giving La Petite Blow her piece, you have a fine occasion of saying fine things, if so inclined. Lady Hervey, who is your puff and panegyrist, writes me word that she saw you lately dance at a ball, and that you dance very genteelly. I am extremely glad to hear it, for, by the maxim that omni magis contendit in seminis, if you dance genteelly, I presume you walk, sit, and stand genteelly, too, things which are much more easy, though much more necessary, than dancing well. I have known many very genteel people, who could not dance well, but I never knew anybody dance very well, who was not genteel in other things. You will probably often have occasion to stand in circles, at the levies of princes and ministers, when it is very necessary, du pays de sa personne et d'être bien plante, with your feet not too near nor too distant from each other. More people stand and walk than sit genteelly. Awkward, ill-bred people, being ashamed, commonly sit bolt upright and stiff. Others, too negligent and easy, se vautrant dans leur fatue, which is ungraceful and ill-bred, unless where the familiarity is extreme, but a man of fashion makes himself easy, and appears so by leaning gracefully instead of lolling supinely, and by varying those attitudes instead of that stiff immobility of a bashful booby. You cannot conceive, nor can I express, how advantageous a good air, genteel motions, and engaging address are, not only among women, but among men, and even in the course of business. They fascinate the affections, they steal a preference, they play about the heart till they engage it. I know a man, and so do you, who, without a grain of merit, knowledge, or talents, has raised himself millions of degrees above his level, simply by a good air and engaging manners, insomuch that the very prince who raised him so high calls him mon amiable vautrien, the maréchal de Richelieu. But of this do not open your lips, pour cause. I give you this secret as the strongest proof imaginable of the efficiency of air, address, tournure, et tout ces petits rien. Your other puff and panegyrist, Mr. Hart, is gone to Windsor in his way to Cornwall, in order to be back soon enough to meet you here. I really believe he is as impatient for that moment as I am, et c'est tout dire, but, however notwithstanding my impatience, if by chance you should then be in a situation, that leaving Paris would cost your heart too many pangs, I allow you to put off your journey, and to tell me, as Festus did Paul, at a more convenient season I will speak to thee. You see by this that I eventually sacrifice my sentiments to yours, and this in a very uncommon object of paternal complacence. Provided always, and be it understood, as they say in Acts of Parliament, that quae tecumque domat venus, non erbescendus adurit ignibus, if your heart will let you come, bring with you only your valet de chambre, Christian, and your own footman, let not your valet de place, whom you may dismiss for the time, as also your coach, 
but you had best keep on your lodgings, the intermediate expense of which will be but inconsiderable, and you will want them to leave your books and baggage in. Bring only the clothes you travel in, one suit of black, for the mourning for the prince will not be quite out by that time, and one suit of your fine clothes, two or three of your laced shirts, and the rest plain ones, of other things, as bags, feathers, etc., as you think proper. Bring no books, unless two or three for your amusement upon the road, for we must apply simply to English, in which you are certainly no purist, and I will supply you sufficiently with the proper English authors. I shall probably keep you here till about the middle of October, and certainly not longer, it being absolutely necessary for you to pass the next winter at Paris, so that, should any fine eyes shed ears for your departure, you may dry them by the promise of your return in two months. Have you got a master for geometry? If the weather is very hot, you may leave your writing at the Manage till you return to Paris, unless you think the exercise does you more good than the heat can do you harm but I desire you will not leave off Marcel for one moment. Your fencing, likewise, if you have a mind, may subside for the summer, but you will do well to resume it in the winter, and to be adroit at it, but by no means for offence, only for defence in case of necessity. Good night, yours. P.S. I forgot to give you one commission, when you come here, which is, not fail to bringing the graces along with you. End of section 115 read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.